1: Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe.
2: We're continuing to look at the 2020 running back class on Roto Viz. Radio. What's up, RotoViz? Welcome back to RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz, joined by the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matt Friedman. Matt, outside of you looking at uh, finances, the stock market, uh, push-up props, anything new that you have adopted in your routine or taken an interest in to pass some of this uh, coronavirus time?
3: Uh, I'm trying to do a little more reading. Um, you know, like it's been something that I've been, uh, negligent on, I'd say for Mm -hmm. the past kind of year and a half. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of get back on that a little bit. And, um, you know, also trying to, I wouldn't really say exercise, but, uh, taking more walks when, uh, like no one else is out, you know, so just kind of trying to do that a little bit more.
2: Okay. Yeah. That, that, um, we've been doing a lot of that too. And, um, that triggers me to mention. So I did something yesterday that I have never done before, which is I groomed my dog myself.
3: Uh, congratulations.
2: Yeah. So this was actually a pretty nerve wracking process. We had appointments. This dog gets super matted. She was really due for an appointment. The place that does it had to cancel our appointment like a month ago. So this dog was really struggling. Now I got out the clippers, got out the scissors. It was a very long endeavor. Um, I'm not going to say she looks ridiculous, but she doesn't look great. Um, But that has been my new hobby that I have picked up. Um, Yeah, I don't know if anybody's out there has uh, groomed their dog, but um, it's an interesting experience. Yeah. Much like talking about uh, rookie running backs. But so I take it. it, it, It's um, not at all
3: like talking about rookie running backs, but (laughs) it's uh, not. Nice nice try. We we used to uh, groom our dog and then. Oh, really? Like, you know what? Let's uh, let's just pay someone else to do this because we we can't do it right. And we don't want to take the time to do it.
2: So how would you guys, how, how would you guys do it?
3: Uh, we would bathe her and then, yep. uh, I would hold her sometimes and my wife would clip her or, you know, yep. eventually I just stopped taking part in the process, uh, of like holding her. So like I would bathe her and then, uh, my wife would, uh, cut her hair and stuff like that.
2: Got it. Um, did your dog, um, like, was she resistant to it? Was she kind of like nervous and whatnot? Or was she cool uh, with She it? didn't like it. Okay. Yep. yeah Yeah. that was my experience yeah okay all right banter out of the way let's uh let's get into these running backs so let's start this off by talking about the back that uh you are really interested in but maybe has not been generating as much hype with the rest of the uh fantasy world (laughs) i don't know who you're talking are you talking about k makers no, I'm saying who is that who is oh. that who is that guy for you? I'm not saying that I know who it is. I want to know is there a player that you really like that the rest of the world is not generating enough hype about? Uh
3: not I guess not really because I don't think they're uh I don't think this is a deep class at the position. Like I really like the guys uh like at the top 5, top 6. I think they historically stack up well against the top 5 or top 6 in other classes. But after that, I just don't think there's the depth in this class that we would have had if, for instance, like Travis Etienne, uh, Chuba Hubbard and Najee Harris had entered the draft uh, or even Kylan Hill from Mississippi State. Like if those four guys had entered the draft, this would have been an incredibly deep running back class. But now instead of like one of those guys as like the number seven or number eight back in the class, we have like Darrington Evans as maybe like the number seven or number eight back. And it's not as if like he's bad, but um, I don't know. I'm just like, not, I don't know. I'm not as, as sold on him. Um, I don't know. I guess if I had to pick one guy who maybe is kind of going under the radar a little bit, it might be, Eno Benjamin because um, you know, he's still 21 years old Um, at the combine. He was 207 pounds, which by the way, um, like at the senior bowl, uh, he was, I think like 195, something like that. So he gained 12 pounds in, in like, uh, a th- like three week period, which is yep. like, how did that happen? And then by the way, like, I'm sure most of that was water weight. He like, he must've been just drinking so much water before weighing, And then like, by the time, like four days later, uh, he runs his 40 time, he's probably like 200 pounds, but, um, Yeah. Uh Eno Benjamin is still intriguing to me, even though he ran only a four point five seven. That's like Clyde Edwards a layer territory. Um, you know, he's still a really good receiving back. Uh he was a four star recruit. Like I'm I'm okay with him as someone who will probably be drafted like late on day two, who uh has like pass catching upside and like maybe becomes a better back than anyone expects.
2: Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier uh, this week, about 2.4 receptions per game for Benjamin, something you have to like actually uh, 0.94 touchdowns per game, which is pretty solid. I think the one thing people might try to knock him for outside of um. Well, actually, no, he is pretty young, so he's not going to get knocked for that. I was looking at the wrong row here. But yards per carry, only 4.97, which for college isn't that great. However, he did play at Arizona State. But I think that takes us to the question of do you incorporate yards per carry into your evaluation of collegiate prospects at the running back position?
3: No, (laughs) I don't, which uh, might be a mistake, but I I think it almost doesn't matter um yeah like it's I think it's largely a function of um of like the offensive line in the scheme, and I just kind of i i care more about like raw production and pass catching ability than about efficiency
2: yeah, I think that it might be something that you can look at and, and i if you do go in and you dig into the numbers, it's one of those that does show up as having some correlation, maybe a little bit of predictive value. But um, I think it matters more in the context of similar prospects that are maybe playing at the same type of school. Um, Like I don't think if you had, for example, a player with a profile like Miles Sanders who happened to have like 5.1 yards per carry or something like that, it should should scare you off. It shouldn't. Um, Anyway, though, the player that I really like in this class, Matt, who there is a knock on him. He's the oldest back in the class, but I really like Keyshawn Vaughn.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, he's on my list of guys who should be drafted. You know, like I think he, one thing that he has going for him, you know, like he was a four-star recruit. Uh, he was productive once he transferred to Vanderbilt, which, um, you know, like technically makes him, you know, a coveted sec running back. (laughs) Um, you know, like he's got decent enough size at 214 pounds, but yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, he is older, uh, in part because he had to transfer. Right. Um, but, uh, like I, I don't dislike him. I think it's just he's one of those guys that I feel like I just have to kind of wait to see like where he ends up being drafted in yep.
2: what his total situation is. All right, fair enough. So, I'm going to make some of the case for him here. Right? Freshman, 18.6 at the end of his freshman year in Illinois, 157 attempts, 723 yards, 6 touchdowns, 16 receptions. That's a decent line as a freshman. We see him. Wait, did you laugh at that or? Oh, that was me moving around in my chair. But I'll be honest.
0: Okay. I
3: don't think that's a, a great freshman season. It's not a bad freshman season it's not by a, okay. any means, but it's not like okay. the kind of get to like brag about.
2: Well, OK. I didn't mean to make it seem as if that was, you know, a gangbuster <laughs> season. I don't think I was implying that. All right. Anyway, at Vanderbilt as a junior. It actually, 1, in all 000, fairness,
3: like he was the he was the leading rusher on his team as a freshman. Like, that's, yeah, that's point not three, right.
2: Yeah. 0.34 dominator that year at Vanderbilt. His first season there, 1,244 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 7.92 yards per carry, which we just determined doesn't really matter for you. But moving along 0.54 in the running back dominator, 13 wrecks senior season, 1,028 yards, nine Rushing touchdowns, a running back dominator of 0.82, added 28 recs, finishes his career with 33 total touchdowns, an impressive running back dominator of 0.46, keeping in mind that he played at two different schools um, and almost 4,000 yards. Here's the thing though I have recently discovered, and something I was always interested in, a metric that's actually more predictive than speed score. Keep in mind those speed scores, the most predictive thing we have with running backs, when we're talking things that are predictive in comparison to a lot of other things you can test, they're only so predictive. But in the context of running backs, I have discovered that if you look at their breakaway rushes, which is ha- you know, the number of times that a player went for more than, say, like 20 yards, the number of times he went for 30 or 40 yards, 50 yards on a single run. I have found that if you put together Total 20 and total 40-yard breakaway rushes. That is actually the most predictive thing I have found for running backs. Keyshawn Vaughn scored the second highest amount in the class behind only Jonathan Taylor with 48, which historically is a very impressive score. So just another thing that contributes to him being a really interesting prospect. Now, do I expect that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to enter the league and be this fantasy relevant player that everybody is dying to get? No, but I think that a lot of people are going to be overlooking him. You might be able to get him in the third, fourth round of your rookie draft and perhaps in the right fit at the next level, right? NFL scheme, things break his way. He could be a guy that kind of comes from nowhere.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, here's the way I uh, I would probably think about him. So I guess one thing, just looking at uh, eyeballing the numbers, uh, yep. I haven't done any like uh dominator rating or like workhorse metric work on any of the backs in this class but you know like he was just looking at the numbers super dominant relative to all of the other rushers on his team uh his senior season so I'm sure he has like a really high workhorse score but uh kind of separate from that I think he's likely to be what do you think at best a fourth rounder but maybe more realistically like a fifth or sixth rounder yeah um you know, so like, that's not great. That means he's not going to have really all that high of a chance of being uh productive in the NFL. Like that gives him, I don't know, like what, like a two to 4% chance. Like if you were, if you were to yeah. look at just like the historical numbers of other backs drafted in that range, that gives him maybe like a two to 4% chance. And I, like I say, I'm just shooting from the hip with those numbers. I I should know those numbers, but I don't, but I would say, I think he has maybe like a 50% Like better chance than the average player drafted wherever he's going to be drafted of having NFL success, which like on the one hand seems like a really insignificant edge, but uh, it is pretty massive. If you target the right players and draft them at the bottom of your rookie drafts, like one of those guys will hit eventually.
2: This is what's going to happen with Keyshawn Vaughn. It's going to be the same thing that happened to me with Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams. I'm going to draft him, be really excited. The time's going to come where I have to drop him to get other good younger players on my team. And then this this season after I do that's when they're going to get their chance and they're going to blow up.
3: Uh, I could see that,
2: yeah. Yep, all right. So that's that's Keyshawn Vaughn. You mentioned Cam Akers in the the last episode who, um, as we've mentioned before for a long time, was looking like he may have been a first overall selection in the 2020 draft hit some hard times at florida state as we mentioned a number of times now a horrid offensive line i know that you've always been pretty interested he's young um final college age of 20 and a half uh 217 pounds can play a role as a receiver 1.9 recs per game um have you got it more interested in Cam Akers or is he kind of holding still for you and I think you said you have him in like a like half tier of his own, if I'm remembering correctly.
3: Yeah, I mean I think he's uh, the number four back in the class, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up being the most productive out of all of them. Like I think he has that kind of potential just based on uh, the production we saw out of him at Florida State, which like wasn't bad. People are acting as if he was horribly disappointing at Florida state and he didn't have a good sophomore season. That's true. Uh, I think a lot of that is based on, as you mentioned, like the talent around him, but, uh, in his final season, you know, as a 20 year old junior, uh, had, you know, 1369 scrimmage yards and 18 touchdowns, 30 receptions. Like what's wrong with that? That's, yeah. what are people talking about? Like that's a, that's a really good final season. And, uh, just ignore everything that, that came before it. Like it, it doesn't even matter, but like it, it did also work out that, uh, as a freshman, a a true freshman, he also had a really good season. So, I mean, he, he was awesome in his final season. Uh, you know, we saw at the combine that he has sufficient size and athleticism, 217 pounds a four point four seven forty time. And he's a five-star recruit. Like
2: what are people crazy? Like he yeah. easily could be the best back in this class. Easily, because here's the thing. I think it's possible that he is actually better than, uh, Devonta Freeman. So coming off of some of those running backs that you saw at Florida State, right? Like you had Chris Thompson, you had Devonta Freeman, um, They've had a number of backs that that I mean, James Wilder Jr. didn't work out, but there was people that, you know, thought he, you know, was a decent prospect. And there's been a number of those guys. I think it's really, really possible that Cam Akers is, is better than all of those guys. Um, I mean, his freshman season, he he looked really dominating at points. So um that kind of reduced price that you're getting on Acres because of the and like you said, you know, it's really hard to complain about that production. So we'll say from his sophomore season is definitely something people should capitalize on.
3: Yeah. Do you I, like, s-
2: I'm going to love getting him if I'm able to get him
3: in the back half of the first round.
2: Okay. Yeah. That answered where I was going to go. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think it's possible he falls to like the 110, 111, 112? Cause I do. Yeah. I mean,
3: that might be a smidgen late, but let, like let's just say Swift, Taylor and Jerry Judy, are locked into the top three or, you know, maybe, maybe some people have dropped Judy down a little bit, but you know, let's say those guys are going in the top three ish, four ish CD lamb, you know, going in the top three or four. And then after that, you, you probably have some sort of jumble, but I think Justin Jefferson is in there. JK Dobbins is in there. Uh, you know, people might go for rugs because he's likely to be a first rounder. Uh, you know, I think people like Denzel Mims, some people yep. even like uh, you know, I don't know, Clyde Edwards Alaire could maybe move into there. Brandon Ayuk could be a, a real life first rounder. So he might go in the first round. So, you know, I think starting anywhere from like pick seven to pick 10 or 11 is where Cam Akers is likely to go. And like I I love that range for a guy who even like a year later everyone could look back and be like yep he should have been number one overall
2: yeah all right um looking forward to getting more of your take on uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire a player that uh as I've said before Hassan Rahim had a really good article on kind of highlighting how he possibly could be you know that bell cow three down back in the NFL uh, but before we talk about him let's take a quick moment for a word from our sponsor bet online <laughs> With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB you might think there's nothing to bet on, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor. Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BlueWire, bet online. You're online wagering experts. Okay, Matt. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a great junior season at LSU. Uh, more. Then two receptions per game, which people have to like. Young back, twenty point seven, ending college age. Sounds like you think he might be like a five, six, seven, seventh ranked prospect in this class.
3: Yeah, I mean, I need to, I need to adjust my rankings. Uh, I had him a little bit lower when I updated rankings immediately after the combine. Yep. Um. I had him as more of like a second rounder um yep. but I don't know I guess I should say like I I realized that I have historically uh underappreciated guys like him entering the league so uh I was I was lower on Devin Montgomery for instance than I should have yep. been I think Montgomery is comparable uh in terms of size uh athleticism skill set um I was low on uh Devonte Freeman, you mentioned him earlier and he's, you know, comparable in size as well. Yep. Um I imagine that uh you know, like a month, a month and a half ago, I was probably a little too low on Edwards Lair coming out of the combine because of his 4.640 time, but uh I don't know, like I, that 40 time might not matter um all that much and he is just 21 years old. So Uh, and like, I have to acknowledge like 21 years old, awesome as a pass catching back. Like that's something that's really intriguing. Like you could see how he, uh, has pretty good production, uh, more or less right away.
2: Yeah. So that, you know, that speed score of the 92, I had trouble getting beyond for a while. But you talked about how it might not matter in his case. And the thing is, if you go into the combine and I think I talked about this right after the combine, but it's really set in for, more for me now. There's a number of players that pop up in his um, in his athletic and um, size um, including height and weight into that profile. And a lot of those players are really good. And they actually might be the most productive group of comps that you're going to see. So you do see like Devonte Freeman getting in there, Maurice Jones drew, um, a lot of these players that I think there might have been the same knock on. So I'm, you know, like I've had him really low on my rankings. I've moved him up, but what I think differentiates him is that, um, That final season in college, you see him at an SEC school playing solidly in both phases. He's a young prospect, and you can imagine different ways that teams are going to use him and might actually be going out and seeking him specifically to use him as a third down back, and it's possible he gets that third down back role. He's then able to work himself in as a rusher. Um, Where do you project him going on draft day? Do you think he's going to be a or draft weekend, we should say, yeah. you think he's like a third rounder? Any chance he moves ahead of that? Or you think he might to the fourth?
3: Yeah, I think he actually is going to go uh, higher than I would have expected. Like I was thinking that he might be like a fourth or fifth rounder. Um, but there was, you know, still like a lot of enthusiasm about him coming out of the combine, like scouts were saying they didn't really care that he was that slow. So if that's the case, then, um, then, yeah, I think he actually kind of does what Devin Montgomery did last year and becomes like a third rounder or uh, like Devonte Freeman a few years ago, um, I guess more than a few years ago now, but like ends up being drafted in the fourth round. Uh, I, you know, I think that's possible. So if that's kind of where he goes, like third round, um, yeah, then I think I'm going to have to move him up the board.
2: Yeah. So actually that made me think of the other Florida state back that I don't know how I forgot to mention Dalvin cook. Yeah. Um. Dalvin cook, I think also pops up in some of the comps that you see for him because uh, cook actually was an example of a guy that didn't wow at the combine and a lot of people kind of knocked, but it, you know, turned out that it didn't really matter. Yeah. Um. Moving on Darrington Evans out of Appalachian state. Now they're one of the older players in this class. How are you approaching him and some of his production, given the fact that he did play at Appalachian State, uh, yeah,
3: I still like him quite a bit. Um, the App State thing doesn't really bother me all that much. Um, you know, he was like productive in the role that he had, and um, you know, like he improved uh, as a pass catcher each year, which like you know, I think that's important. Uh, so even though he wasn't like a great receiving back, uh, you know, like even his final season. Um, he was still good enough. Like he was on the order of what, uh, Jonathan Taylor did as a pass catcher, his final season. So, you know, like he, he was good enough to make you think that he potentially could be good enough in the NFL. Uh, and then, you know, like with his athleticism, like he's just, uh, you know, he's super impressive. Um, like what he's looking at the numbers now, uh, he was like 203 pounds, which isn't great, but like 4.41, uh, 40 time. So like, he's, you know, one of the faster backs in the class. Um, The thing that uh, gives me a little bit of pause and it like it, it correlates to the fact that he was playing at Appalachian state. Um, He was like, quote unquote, just a two-star recruit. Um, So like, there's the possibility that like, he's an athlete who's just not very good at running the ball. And like, if that's the case, and then he's maybe not all that great of a pass catcher, and then he's likely to go no higher than the fourth round, and probably more like the fifth round or the sixth round. Then I don't know. At this point, I'm just not that interested. Like he has potential. Like he he clearly has potential, but you know, at only two hundred and three pounds, and a guy who like might not really be all that great of a football player. Like he might be a better athlete than a football player. I don't know. Like I. I I just maybe take a stab on him like at the end of the second round in rookie drafts or like in the third round in rookie drafts. But otherwise I just, you know, I don't have much hope.
2: Yeah, I think it's easier to, in your mind, create scenarios that make you know Benjamin more attractive than a Darrington Evans. Definitely. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, so it's kinda like, you know, maybe there's some things you can point to, but um, I don't know like I'd rather use those picks in the spot where I'm going to be taking them on players that um, I just see more of a path to um, there's a lot of things working against Evans uh, working against Evans so I think that we've talked about the majority of players getting a lot of hype we talked about Zach Moss other players that people might be considering Patrick Taylor Joshua Kelly Michael Warren Anthony McFarland Lamichael P Ryan, DJ Dallas did do, do any of those names excite you
3: yeah, Joshua Kelly is one guy who stands out to me a little bit. Um, played at UCLA in his final two seasons, he was productive there, and uh, I believe that he transferred there out of junior college, where he was uh, he was pretty productive, um, you know, and has decent athleticism. Uh, two hundred and twelve pounds, four point four nine forty. Um, so, you know, I think uh, he's someone who could be productive enough, uh, you know, if, if he gets the shot. Um, just kind of doubtful that he's going to get the shot and doubtful. He has great draft position, but
2: he at least, uh, you know, I think he's good enough. Okay. I I will accept that. Um, DJ Dallas, (laughs) I don't know why, but seems to be one that draws the interest of some people. I don't know if it has anything to do with Miami. When I've looked at him, I have not found much to point to is 217. So one of the bigger backs, uh, does he get any of your juices flowing?
3: No. I mean, he's, yeah, as you mentioned, like he's, uh, I mean, he's got decent size. Uh, what was it like 215 ish pounds or something 217,
2: like that? I think, yeah. Yeah, but
3: like he wasn't really all that productive. He was, you know, he was never more than, you know, like uh, a, a committee back or sort of like rotational back. Um, I don't know, like not a super established pass catching threat. Like,
2: no, I mean, not that interested. Okay. Um Michael Pirine out of Florida does have some receiving chops, Um, you know, also a player that's 216, so a little bit bigger than some of the the smaller players in this class. Uh, I have not found much to get myself excited about him either. But for the sake of being thorough here, uh, I figure I'll mention the name just in case you have thoughts.
3: I mean, as you mentioned, yeah, he was a better pass catching back than a lot of the other guys in the class. Like as his uh, his senior season had 40 receptions like that's that's pretty decent. Um, But uh, yeah, he was never really like a lead back type of guy. And so I just I don't know, like in general, if a guy's not a lead back in college, like a like an actual, like established dominant lead back, it's unlikely that he's going to do that in the NFL. So, yeah. I would just rather take shots at the wide receiver position at that point.
2: Yep. So I think to round this out as now we've, we've kind of harped upon the names at this top of this class, very exciting towards the bottom, not a whole lot to be excited about. And I think even the middle of it is, you know, it's all right. Um, But there's a lot of question marks. So out of Jonathan Taylor, AJ Dillon, Cam Akers, deandre swift and let's add in uh clyde edwards Hilaire. who has the most bust potential
3: mm. and i think dobbins would be included in that as well oh um, sorry but, yep, yeah definitely. but, but uh, yeah out of those let's say like top six backs um the guy who has the most bust potential that's uh i think aj dylan kind of hate to say that but yep. You know, like what if he's just a straight ahead runner and uh, he's not really all that good at creating anything for himself on the ground and then he's not a good pass catching back. So uh, that means he's basically like one dimensional. And if he's not very good in that dimension, then man, he could be really bad.
2: Yeah, I think the other name that I might have thought about throwing out there was Edwards Hilaire, but there is going to be some of the expectation and maybe draft stock both in rookie drafts and the real draft against um the performance so it's like if Hilaire doesn't work out I don't think it's going to be as unexpected for some people as it would be like AJ Dillon I think it's going to be one of those situations where once he gets into that role you can see a lot of buzz getting generated yeah Um, I mean
3: I think uh, Edwards Alaire always has a chance to work out because he's right. a really good receiving back like that gives him the chance. Whereas like Dylan has only one one thing that he does well. And if that ends up being something that doesn't translate to the NFL, then he's totally screwed.
2: Yeah. And we've seen a lot of players before where they get one or two cracks at things and they're used in ways that don't Necessarily allow them to do what they're good at. So who knows? Maybe Dylan finds himself in one or two of those situations, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So I can definitely see that being the case. Um. I'm sure. See, I'm trying to think of another question to pose to you here. The couple that went through my head, I'm pretty sure you're going to say DeAndre Swift. Um. So instead, let's go with this. Out of your top five or so, the player that you feel least confident about, but it's probably going to be AJ Dylan again
3: top five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it probably would be AJ Dillon, although yeah. I mean, cause I, I really do like Swift Taylor Dobbins and acres. Like I do yeah. like all those guys. So I think it would have to be Dylan. Um, I think if, if I had to try to be a little more pessimistic about some of the guys that up at the top, um, I probably would go with Swift, actually, like even though I do think he's a really good pass catching back, like uh I don't know, like maybe he's just actually not that good of a runner. And then at that point, he's like a guy who's small and, uh you know, maybe he just gets on like even though he's 212 pounds, he's only 5'8". So maybe right. there's like a team that just kind of assumes he can't be a lead back and they just cast him in the role of pass catching back. And that's all he ever does. Whereas I think um, that Taylor and Dobbins and acres will all get uh, more of a shot, even though like Dobbins is technically smaller than Swift. Uh, I think people kind of think of him more as a lead back than they do of Swift.
2: Yeah, um, and, and I think also what's going to help that perception is if you just look at some of the numbers from college, it will kind of paint more of that picture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as you're talking about Swift, the thing that my mind keeps going back to is it's really possible that Cam Akers is a, not only just a better player, but maybe like by a decent percentage, better than Swift. So I think one of the biggest takeaways is if you're in one of those spots, you know, maybe mid to later in your rookie draft, you're really hoping that Cam Akers falls.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think regardless of who you take there, you're probably pretty satisfied with who you get. Like, I think it's going to be a wide receiver or a running back who has a real chance of being the number one, uh, you know, productive player in the class. And like, that's not always the chance in rookie drafts.
2: Yeah. So on that note, I think we can shut down this episode close out for the week. We will be back next week. Um, who knows what, uh, zany antics i will have gotten myself into if i'll be doing any more pet shaving or grooming um who knows what bets matt will be making but that does it for this episode you can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com thanks to bet online for sponsoring the show follow us on twitter at dave ff and at matt fb oracle thanks to bet online for sponsoring the show make sure to rate review and subscribe and as always remember it's not a fantasy if you